You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is the Thursday edition of Locked On College Football on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your regularly scheduled Thursday co-host, Kevin McGuire from Locked On Nittany Lions. My usual pal, Matt Moscone, he's taking the week off. He's going to spend some holiday time with his family. He's all deserving of that. So we wish him all the best of luck. Of course, you can check him out on Locked On LSU for your LSU coverage. But I'm not flying solo today. I am bringing in a member of our Locked On podcast community, AJ Black, host of the Locked On Boston College podcast. Very happy to bring him in today and get him a chance to get his feet wet on the Locked On College football podcast. AJ, how's it going today? It's great. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm off in my own little world of Boston College talk a lot. And I have my small little community that, you know, I have my diehards, but it's glad I'm glad to talk more a bigger picture stuff with the, with the bigger uh, with, the, with the bigger national audience. It's good that we have AJ on today because I want to get his take because he's, he's he, obviously he's covering Boston College, but he's also a New England Patriots fan, right, AJ? Oh, absolutely. I uh, I, I I can't complain about this year, but um, <laughs> you know I've 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 lived through the dynasty of of you know New England Patriots football. This year was brutal. <laughs> Listen, I'm an Eagles fan, so you know we kind of uh, you know we we, we butted heads a couple of times, but let, yep. let's let's stick to the college game. We'll we'll, we'll keep it amiable here. Uh, yep. Judd Fish leaving the New England Patriots, he's going to be the new head coach of the Arizona Wildcats out in the Pac-12. Not a whole tremendous amount of head coaching experience, college coaching experience, I should say. So it's a kind of an interesting hire, but it kind of seems to me like Arizona is doing something where they're trying to go after an NFL guy with a good amount of NFL experience, sort of what Arizona State did with Herm Edwards. I, I don't know if it's just a coincidence, but what can you tell me about Jed Fish going to Arizona? What's he going to bring to those Wildcats? You know, Jed Fish, he's ha- he has a pedigree as an offensive mind. And I think that's what Arizona was really looking at. You know, what he did was, uh, and it, what was surprising to me was he beat out San Jose state's uh, head coach, Brian Brennan, uh, Brent Brennan, excuse me, who had just finished a uh, pretty miraculous year in, uh, you know, finishing in the top 25 team, you know, Jed fish wowed from what I've heard, he wowed them based off his plan. Um, and I think that's, you know, that, that meticulous planning that he has about what he's going to do with this program and he's in how he envisions Arizona going forward. So he's got, you know, an idea about how the quarterback position is going to work. He's got an idea about how he's going to put his staff together and he's going to have an idea about where this program is going to move forward. And I think that is what got Jed fish that job. Uh, now, when you look at what he's done as a, you know, a coordinator in the NFL level. He he worked with um, the the Rams. He worked with the Patriots. Uh, you know, he got a lot of talk and talks talking about Boston College. He you know he his name popped up a little bit last year when they hired up Jeff Halfley. He was a name that people were thinking about because he's one of those younger um, coaches that that people see as a you know a, a riser, someone who's going to go a lot further. So that I think that's where he kind of he kind of stands in the coaching world. 
So obviously not a great year with the Patriots, but you know, I don't think that that means anything as far as what he's going to do with the, with this next head coaching position with Arizona. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of potential with a program like Arizona. You know, out in the Pac-12, it's been a down you know a couple of seasons. I think it was the Pac-12 as a whole. But you know, I'm kind of curious to see what kind of program he's actually going to be taking over. Because as much as I actually kind of liked the hire of Kevin Sumlin to be the head coach at Arizona, it obviously did not work out nearly as much as I anticipated it would. Right. So I'm very curious to see what he's going to do now that he's going to get a chance to kind of take over a what should be considered I guess a rebuilding project but I do think that uh, Arizona has potential to be something pretty fun to watch in the years to come as long as he has some success very curious to see what kind of coaching staff he'll put around himself as well is there any kind of is it too early to see if he's going to have any names in mind for some of those key positions he's going to have yeah I wonder if he's going to take some of those you know assist like lower level assistance for the Patriots or the Rams, or, you know, he has experience with UCLA as well. Um, so he's got a wide net of, of coaching uh, from his coaching tree that he could kind of pluck from, or, you know, the base based off what he said, maybe he has a whole other idea of how he wants to go with this. Um, I, I think of him as one of those guys that thinks outside of the box and, Maybe that's where he goes um, in terms of picking up his coaching staff. Maybe he adds Bill Belichick as a coordinator. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. He's going to bring Josh McDaniel in as his offensive coordinator. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Obviously, uh, lots of stuff to keep on top of as far as the coaching carousel. Things are always changing by the day. You know, coordinators are changing. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the next segment. Uh, But I do want to throw out one other coaching hire that was made. Terry Bowden getting another head coaching job, this time with the uh, Louisiana Monroe. (laughs) we're <laughs> uh, raging Cajun. So very, very interesting hire. I think as far as Louisiana Monroe is concerned, uh, certainly th- there's, there's no shortage of Bowdens out there in the coaching mm-hmm. fraternity. I, so I think uh, having that name recognition certainly helps, but we're talking about a guy that's 64 years old coming off a grad assistant position with Clemson. Uh, and obviously his brother coached at Clemson as well. So uh, I don't know exactly what the, the mindset was here, but of course we've seen in recent years, you know, certainly in the ACC, you know, you can go with an older coach that has some experience and have some success. Actually, Mac Brown at North Carolina was a coaching hire that I thought was a little interesting at the time. That, that has worked out well. I'm not yeah. ready to say that the, uh, the same thing's going to happen with Terry Bowden at, um, at Louisiana Monroe. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure either. I don't know where this direction is going to go. You know, <laughs> he's a guy that, you know, he had all that ex- that success with Auburn and then with North Alabama. But then, you know, his last stop at Akron was a mess he didn't do all that well um but maybe you know a a hard reset's going to be able to give him that chance to really find his footing again but i I, you know it it was an uninspired for me i mean when i look at that i I find this to be an uninspiring hire you know it's a retread it's someone you know i don't don't know i don't i don't think it's going to bring them any further along in their in their conference i i just i just don't see why they would do this instead of trying you know a less established you know, assistant at a power five school or, you know, a coach that's more up and coming. I I feel like that's probably the best, best route to go, but maybe, maybe they do find lightning in a bottle. We'll see. They could be in a position where maybe they don't want to go with one of those up and coming names because if they have success at Louisiana Monroe, maybe they'll be attracted by another position. So maybe mm-hmm. getting in an older guy like Bowden, who has experience and has an idea of what it takes to to build a program, maybe that he, they're looking for someone that can build that foundation and maybe leave it in a better position for whoever may come 
in the years to come after Bowden because Bowden's not going to be around forever. Uh, so I, I do think that maybe there's a, a logic there to going with one of these guys that has yeah. experience and has a terrific football coaching background as far as that family's concerned. So yeah. just yeah. something yeah. to keep in mind. Obviously, yeah. we'll always be saying on top of all of the uh, coaching rumor mills and the coaching developments and the coaching carousel here on the Locked On College Football Podcast. AJ, when we come back for our next segment, we're going to dig into some of those coordinators that uh, were on the move this week. I know you've got some hot takes that, well, maybe not hot takes, but maybe you've got some strong opinions about one of those uh, defensive coordinators that we're going to be talking about coming up in our next segment. Look, we all know 2020 has been quite a whirlwind of emotion. And of course, now is a busy time of the year anyway because of the holidays and maybe you still have work. Maybe you're working some extra hours, making some extra money for those holiday gifts that you're buying. And you're probably feeling a little overwhelmed, but that's okay. Because there is a beer that is literally made to chill as you try to find ways to chill. And of course, it's Coors Light. Coors Light is cold filtered, cold lagered, and cold packaged. Again, it is literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for that moment to unwind. And I know you're probably going to get together with some family and some friends this holiday weekend. Hopefully you're all doing it celebrating responsibly and staying socially distant and all that good stuff. But make sure you've got a fridge full of Coors Light to hand out to your visitors because there is no better better way to look like a bad host than not having a fridge full of Coors Light and of course making sure that Coors Light is cold because there's nothing worse than a room temperature beer right so make sure your fridge is fully stocked and ready to go this holiday season and this holiday weekend as you're getting ready for the holidays and the bowl games that you're watching on TV all you have to do you go onto your phone and go to get.coorslight.com and find out how you can get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. Coors Light is the one that we choose when we need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And of course, once again, remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now, we here at the Thursday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. I cover Penn State. My usual co-host, Matt, covers LSU. And neither one of us has a team that's in a bowl game this year because of various reasons. And, of course, my temporary fill-in host for today, A.J. Black, he doesn't have a bowl team in it either. But that doesn't mean that we're going to stay on the sidelines because now is the perfect time to get in on all the action with BetOnline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we at the Locked On Podcast Network trust, and that, of course, is BetOnline.ag. Sign up for today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. Receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And if you're looking to get some insider tips and advice on what you should be using to place those bets on BetOnline AG, make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's one of our newer shows. We're very proud of it, and we're hoping that we're going to continue to make you guys some money with it as well. Betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game. All you have to do is listen to Locked On Bets podcast. It's hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Starling. You're going to get daily picks. You're going to get daily tips and quick hitting advice. It's going to help you make the smartest possible wagers, make you some money this holiday season and going into 2021 in style. So subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to the Locked On College Football podcast while you're at it and leave us those wonderful five-star reviews and ratings on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Second segment of our Locked On College Football Podcast, a Thursday edition. I'm Kevin McGuire from Locked On Nittany Lions. Of course, my usual co-host, Matt Moscona, taking some time off to be with his family this holiday weekend. No problem with that. So we got A.J. Black from Locked On Boston College filling in for today, getting his first step into the Locked On College Football experience here on this podcast. A.J., uh, so we just talked about some head coaching changes, uh, head coaching hires. Let's talk about defensive coordinators that have been removed 
from their current positions. Two very notable defense coordinators were put on the chopping block this week. Uh, I think most notably, I think a lot of people will probably focus on LSU uh, parting ways with Bo Pelini, given the contract that he had and the fact that he was only there for one year, but it was an abysmal year for the LSU defense. I don't know if I would necessarily say it was an abysmal year for the Michigan defense, but Michigan parting ways with Don Brown after a few seasons. I, I know you've got some opinions on Don Brown, so let me hear him. What do you have to say uh, about right, Don so, Brown? <laughs> Go ahead. All right, so let me jump in on Don Brown. So if you are new to his history, Don Brown came to Boston College, so I cover Boston College, in 2013. He was there with Steve Adazio for three years, and he made BC's defense into one of the best in the country, right? So in 2015, Boston College had one of those years that'll go down. If, if you research it, it was one of the craziest years in, in school history because the defense was, and I'm not even lying, the top in the country and the offense was one of the worst I've ever seen in my life. They could not move the ball. And it was all because of Don Brown's defense. Now, Jim Harbaugh, he said this, and I, I was reading some um, press conferences, you know, with his, his takes on Don Brown, he was looking at statistics and was like, who is this Boston college guy? that has all these statistics that are near the top, you know, yards allowed, points allowed. BC was near the top in everything that year. And it was Don Brown. And so Don Brown, you know, and he's a New England guy. He coached at UMass. He's He recruits this area better than anyone I've ever seen. He goes to Michigan. And you, at that point, you couldn't blame him. He's getting good money. You know, it's a it's it's one of the premier positions in the country to be a defensive coordinator under Jim Harbaugh. You, you, you can't hate on him for that. It's a great It's a great spot for him. He does well for a couple of years and then, you know, he, he's doing what he's got to do. And then this year it's the defense, I think fell to eight. I thought I looked it up yesterday, 84th in the country. And that's, you know, with Harbaugh kind of on the hot seat, someone's going to take the, take the heat because they're not going to cut Harbaugh at this point, given the payout, they're going to probably have to give him to get rid of him. So Don Brown gets the ax. Now, you know, for me, I, I think he's an ex, he's an excellent defensive coordinator and some program in this country is going to be lucky to get him because he, you know, he's 65 years old, but he's, someone's going to pick him up and they're going to pick him up quickly because he can turn around a defense faster than any defensive coordinator I've ever seen. Because at Boston college, we hadn't seen a defense like that. And we will probably never see one again because he just has that acumen for that. Yeah, there's no question. He has a good track record with building a defensive foundation. You just mentioned it. Boston College is really what put him on the map, but you know, he's he's he has that background. And yeah, I remember those Boston College teams. I remember they, they wouldn't give up points, but they also wouldn't score points, and that's a problem oh, too. Yeah. Uh, but I do feel like uh, that was a big reason that he was attractive for Michigan. And that he actually had some really good defenses with Michigan. I mean, that Michigan defense was pretty legitimate unless they went up against Ohio State and uh, maybe a couple teams from the SEC. That has been a pitfall for Michigan. Uh, but this, this is a very interesting move because this would suggest to me that Jim Harbaugh is coming back next year because I don't yeah. think you're making this kind of change at this point in time in this offseason unless you're fully prepared to bring back the head coach. And I think a similar thing is going on at LSU. Now, LF, obviously, Ed Orgeron has the uh, a national championship ring this calendar year that he can fall back on. So that kind of gives him a little leeway. But you see uh, with all the, the staffing changes that they made at LSU, and now they're continuing to make uh, going into this offseason and going into next season. Uh, I, certainly, I don't think that Ed Orgeron was on any hot seat right now. But I, I do think that given the way that the season went, there was some pressure there. And now certainly Jim Harbaugh is always going to attract the headlines. And I think that this is a move that 
suggests very firmly that Jim Harbaugh is not going anywhere. He's not going to the NFL. I'm not going to say never, but I do think that he's going to be at Michigan in 2021 as the head coach of the Wolverines. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to, to think about some of the things that Brown did take heat for from, from uh, the Michigan faithful. And I, I imagine the boosters said the same thing. You know, he was the new England guy, basically any new England recruit that he wanted, he just grabbed. And Boston College and, and schools in this area couldn't couldn't hold a, a candle to them. Now that's from a Boston College perspective, it's frustrating. But from a Michigan fan perspective, they're like, why are we recruiting in a kind not really fertile area? You know, you could why is Don Brown our 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 recruiter in this area instead of like you know Pennsylvania or Ohio, those areas that have more recruits? He's bringing in guys that should be playing at Boston College. Instead, he's instead of getting guys that could beat Ohio State, guys that can win the big games for them. And I think he was getting a lot of heat for that. I heard a lot of people complaining about, you know, where the rec- the style of recruits he was bringing in and the level of recruiting he was doing was not what they were expecting. So that was an interesting little thing I thought of when um, when when they're kind of evaluating what Brown could and couldn't do. Yeah, that, that certainly seems to be the story for Michigan as a whole. I think over the last few years, one of the biggest concerns that Michigan uh, football has had is, like I said, they have had good teams. They have had really good teams a couple of years. You know, they were just a couple of plays away from playing for a Big Ten championship in two of their seasons. And that probably means that they're a couple of plays away from playing in a college football playoff. And I think a lot of people kind of lose perspective of that because of the head to head results against Ohio State and all the success that Ohio State is having. So it's very easy to make that contrasting. Uh, viewpoint when you're talking about Michigan because Ohio State's a standard and Michigan feels like they should be if not on the level of Ohio State maybe above the right. bar for Ohio State now, no honestly now I'm covering Penn State I, I feel a lot of the same same issues that Penn State has are similar to what Michigan has and everybody around the Big Ten it's tough to beat Ohio State with the kind of recruiting that Ohio State does and that's where Michigan has system, basically been at a shortcoming because they don't have the same kind of values. They have, they have players that are built to win a lot of big 10 games. They don't have the players that are built to win that next level. And that's where Michigan is struggling to adapt to. And we'll see where could they go with this defense coordinator. There is a head coach from Vanderbilt in Derek Mason, a former head coach that is already attracting uh, a lot of rumors uh, with where he's going to go. I think he's going to be a fantastic defensive coordinator Mm because I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job right away. Uh, but I think he's a fantastic defensive coordinator addition. And I know LSU has been kind of tied to some of those rumors early on, but I think it would be a great hire if Michigan could make a push for Derek Mason. I think that would be really something. Absolutely. Yeah. He was a name. I, I, I was just reading the same things you were and yeah, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to command wherever he wants to go and, and he's going to get good money to do it. And I bet he'll be successful. I mean, he seems like a, a, a solid option no matter where he ends up. You think Bobolini's going to be on a sideline somewhere in 2021? Mm, I, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're not as confident in Bo Pelini as you are Don Brown. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, you know, he's had such mixed results recently and, and obviously this year was a disaster. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't see a team taking a chance on him yet. Well, it'll be interesting. I, I think I, I would be in favor of seeing more of Bo Pelini, but mm-hmm. I don't know where that location is going to be because I do think that he, he, Anywhere he goes, I'm going to be paying attention. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No one else we're paying attention to bowl games. 
I know it's a little bit of a light week, but coming up on our next episode, well, let's talk about some of the bowl games that are be going on on Christmas Day. And then, of course, on this Saturday to round up this edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. Sound good, AJ? That's good. Looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth? Check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning starting at 11 a.m. Eastern. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football every Sunday morning with host Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications so you're notified every time the show goes live every Sunday morning beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern. Time to round up this edition of the Thursday edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. I'm Kevin McGuire. He is AJ Black from Locked On Boston College. Make sure if you're a Boston College fan or just an ACC fan in general, check out the new Locked On Boston College podcast. How are things going with the Locked On Boston College podcast? Oh, it's going great. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the we've had, you know, some some guests. I had um, one of BC's commits on last week. I had John Garcia, head of SI's recruiting uh, website, talking about Boston College. Got some really big guests coming up soon, and you get it's been a lot of fun just to talk about Boston College every day, giving fans something that they're not going to find anywhere else. Um, and I've gotten a lot of great reactions from the fan base, so it's I've, I'm really enjoying it. It's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. And I know Boston College is one of the teams that has opted out of the bowl season. Yep. I'm in the same boat with you. Penn State has opted out as well, so we're kind of uh, we're we're, yep. we're bowlless this year. So I guess we should spend some time. I feel forced that we need to spend a couple minutes just to reminisce on the 2014 pinstripe bowl, because (laughs) that's what people are coming into this podcast for. They want 2014 pinstripe bowl analysis. AJ, your thoughts. So I'll give you a quick story because I can remember that's one of the moments that was before I was actually covering BC that I I was a fan back then. I can remember exactly where I was. I was in um, Breckenridge, Colorado, and I was at a, a ski lodge watching that. And I remember when, Mike Knoll, the kicker who follows me on Twitter and tells me that I gave him crap about it too much, missed that extra point in overtime. And I threw something. I don't remember what it was in the lodge and and swore up a storm. And I just remember exactly that moment. My sister-in-law's fiance was like, you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. It was one, oh man, of, of the games that Boston College has blown, and they've blown quite a few in the last like, 15, 20 years, that one is like 1A in terms of the most frustrating games I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it's so funny. I, I don't mean to make light of your situation, your no. point of view, but you know, I, I look at this game completely the opposite way because that was that was the year that Penn State actually they got reinstated for their bowl eligibility and all that all that stuff. Uh, so it was actually you know, like that was a moment of pride I think for that program because they, you know first year under James Franklin they are able to play in a bowl game and then to play the it, look it was a fun game. <laughs> yeah, I think mm-hmm. uh, hopefully you can agree with that. It was a fun back and forth kind of game and that's what bowl games are all about. And obviously. Some team has to lose, some team has to win. But I think for, for Penn State, uh, that was a that was a major win for that particular pro, uh, team in, in that particular case. And obviously, um, you know, this year didn't go all that great. But I think that was a big step forward for James Franklin and what he's been doing with Penn State. Obviously, so quick, uh, yeah, go so, ahead. So quick side story. I, I on my website, so bcbulletin.com or on Lockdown Boston College, I talked about Jeff Halfley, the new head coach, erasing a lot of the history of Boston college through every game that they played this year. And they had their game this year that erased the 2014 pinstripe bowl. It was against Pitt. Pitt in overtime, BC scored the first touchdown Pitt scored right. And BC had no, they were gassed. 
and the, their extra point kicker, Alex Kessman, who has been automatic all year, missed the extra point in, in overtime. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's like karma came around for Boston College and actually that game, we got our moment back. I know it wasn't a bowl game, but it was still one of those moments where you're like, oh yes, finally. It look, happened to look us. it came against a team from Pennsylvania. I'll give right. you that. Exactly. <laughs> so, that too. <laughs> so it, it, it's kind of like reversing fortunes. Yeah. <laughs> obviously no AJ. Uh, I'm sorry. No, AJ, obviously no pinstripe bowl this year. That's one of the many bowl games that unfortunately has been canceled right. due to everything going on. Uh, you know, bowl games, not being able to fill all their spots, uh, you know, bowl game matchups have been swapped out already this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's a pretty light schedule. I think as far as the bowl schedule is concerned, obviously next week it's going to ramp up, but I do want to touch real quickly on uh, any of these games. If you have any strong opinions about them, feel free to chime in. Sure. But of course, Christmas day is actually probably the best bowl game that we're going to get this weekend. I think we got Marshall versus Buffalo in the Camellia Bowl. I think this one's all about Jared Patterson, but Marshall's a pretty good team too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I, I'm looking forward to that. I saw, I think I saw Locked On Bets had Marshall as their lock of the week. I think that was their that was their big lock. I am going to challenge that with Locked On Bets. I'm going to go head to head with Locked On Bets. You know, we'll form a little yep. rivalry here. I actually like Buffalo. I, I think I would take Buffalo with that one. I have to look at the line on BetOnline.ag, but I, I'm liking Buffalo. I think Jared Patterson has a field day. Uh, I think Marshall has run out of gas. So yeah, and I I love Buffalo's head coach Lance Leipold. I, I was surprised he didn't get more head coaching uh, looks at some of those other schools. I thought he, you know, in terms of young minds and guys that I think could really rise up. I mean, maybe he's a year away, but he seems like a guy like immediately I would I would jump on that immediately to get him in at a big power five school. Yeah. Watch that name. That name is not going to be staying at Buffalo for very long, especially no. the way things are going there. So yeah. I, I'm all in on Jared Patterson and Buffalo and Lance Leopold as a power five coaching candidate in the very near future. Mm-hmm. Let's fast forward to Saturday. We got three bowl games on tap starting off at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. You got Louisiana. Uh I'm sorry. Those are the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. We talked about Louisiana earlier, right? (laughs) So uh, now we got them going up against UTSA. Actually, we don't know if UTSA is going to be able to play this game or not. I I know their head coach just tested positive for COVID-19. So uh, it's a tough situation. You know, it's been the case all season long. That's going to be your your first responder bowl. And hey, they may even play a full quarter of the first responder bowl, AJ. Yeah, you're actually going to bring that up. So yeah, one of the reasons Boston College, uh, Max Richardson, our linebacker, brought up the reason one of the reasons they didn't want to go to a bowl game this year was because of that first responders bowl two years ago when they sat in, waited and waited and waited, and the game just got canceled because of thunder and lightning. Look, look, AJ, I promise I didn't invite you on to, to fill in with me today to just to poke fun at Boston College's bowl history. I promise you that was not at all the oh. intent. It's too easy. It's it's low hanging fruit, man. <laughs> I guess so. Um, r- real quick, I, I like Louisiana in that game. Uh, also at three thirty p.m. Eastern on ESPN, you've got the Lending Tree Bowl. I have no idea what the Lending Tree Bowl is. I don't know which bowl game that previously used to be known as, but uh, you know that's just such a case as some of these bowl games are. But you got Western Kentucky and Georgia State. Um, I guess I'm going Georgia State. I don't really know. I don't really have really any real insight on this one uh, other than, hey, the Lending Tree Bowl is a thing that exists. I just saw one stat with Georgia State that kind of stuck out with me was that they led the, they led the country in turnovers this year. So go with Georgia State. I, All right. I like turnover teams that, that turn turnovers, so I'll go with them. Yeah, that, that works for me. We actually do have a pretty good game on Saturday with the, the Mortgage Cure Bowl. I'm sorry, the FBC mortgage cure bowl coastal carolina 11 and 0 
And they're finally getting a chance to make up a game they had previously scheduled this year that got canceled. This is the, this was supposed to be the ESPN College Game Day game with uh, Coastal Carolina and Liberty. Obviously, Liberty wasn't able to play that game. BYU fills in. BYU has their playoff dreams crushed by Coastal Carolina. And Coastal Carolina is here, the Sun Belt champions. I feel like they should have been ranked higher by the College Football Playoff Selection Committee. And then yep. my usual co-host, Matt Moscona, would be uh, frowning upon that statement, but he's not here to defend himself today. AJ, yep. I, I think I like Coastal Carolina to finish the season off a clean 12-0. and And hey, if they want to stake a claim in a national championship, I'm not going to stand in the way. I'm all for it. Yeah, you know what? I, I love Coastal Carolina. They've been one of the most fun teams to watch this season. And you, you don't even need to know a whole lot about the team. The coach is fun. They're just a fun program that's you know on the rise. I love the way that they play football. And uh, no offense to Liberty, I think Coastal Carolina is going to win this one easy. Yeah, I do too. Although Hugh Freeze going to be pretty interesting to follow in the coming weeks because Liberty had a very successful season, nine and one. Uh, and Hugh Freeze is certainly a name that's going to draw some attention. Obviously, he's not getting that Auburn job. That's filled. That's where he was going to end up. <laughs> yeah, there, there was some talk about maybe him being a, a top candidate there. But obviously, Hugh Freeze, I think um, I think it might take a little bit more time to get him back at a Power 5 conference job. But I don't think he's going to be staying at Liberty forever. Right, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be someone that some school is going to take a chance at next year. Um, but he's a good coach, and I know he's got his pass. But someone with a pass like that, I feel like he's going to be some, some school will take a chance on him. And he'll be some, some schools definitely going to take a chance on Hugh freeze at some point in time. It may even be in this round of the coaching carousel. Again, we'll have to see what happens the next couple of days as Liberty prepares to take on coastal Carolina. I like coastal Carolina. I think they're going to finish the season off on a high note and go 12 and 0. Uh, and hey, pull the UCF, pull the national championship claims, hang up the banner wave the flag, whatever they do in coastal Absolutely. Carolina. Uh, it, it's a good time to be a chance to clear, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. The, they, they deserve the, the biggest party of the year. You know, it, it kind of stinks. I, I was like, yeah, I, I was hoping they would get like a, a big power five school, like to see, just to see what they could do, like seeing them play a, a Florida play a Texas A&M. They, 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 you know, they played a, a flawless season. They beat BYU who just stomped um, with Nevada last night or whoever, I forget who they played, but UCF. they, they UCF, sorry. They, you know, they they stomped him last night, and you, Coastal Carolina took care of that team. So it would, it would have been nice to see what they could have done against, you know, a school that was up there, but we're not going to Yeah, I will say, I picked I picked the over in that BYU-UCF game. I came up, I think, a field goal shy, so I'm a little, oh, no. <laughs> a little mad about that. But yep. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to let it spoil my mood. I am still in the Christmas spirit. AJ, it was great having you on the Locked On College Football Podcast. Obviously, again... Have everybody check out the Locked On Boston College podcast for ongoing Boston College coverage. AJ, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Hopefully all is well with you guys. And hopefully everybody is going well in the Boston College community. Hopefully uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. Thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun and uh, I'd be happy to come back anytime. You can check me out on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. I'm, I'm over there. You can interact with me. I answer any questions you have and stop on and listen to the podcast. Um, even if you're not a Boston college fan, it's, I, I try to make it interesting. So I hope that you give it a chance. Absolutely. Uh, one quick programming note for listeners of the Lockdown College Football Podcast. They are not doing a Friday episode. So Ben and Pat, they're taking the day off to celebrate Christmas, all that good stuff. I believe they'll be back next week, but don't hold me to that because I don't know what's going to happen. But I know that I believe I will be back next week for Thursday. And of course, we'll continue to have the podcast going up for you, I believe, again, starting Monday. So uh, again, no podcast for you guys on Friday. Have a great holiday. Have a great holiday weekend. And we will talk to you all again very soon.